Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Paranormal UK Radio Network. The best in paranormal talk radio in the UK and around the world. Continue to send it to your discretion, over. Okay, Senator. The traffic is approaching head on, ultra right, and really moving. They're right by us right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, I'll get the bad news over quickly, girls. You better sit down. You better fan yourself. You better get your mister and uh, your lube and all that other stuff. Uh, because one one is not here tonight. Not here tonight. He's being inducted into a quote-unquote British social club. And he uh, promises to report back uh, next week on what's going, what uh, happened, how it went. Switchy told us off here that uh, very frequently when they uh, induct you into one of these places, they put you in a fake coffin and nail the, nail the <laughs> roof on, right? Nail the what I actually on? said, Mac, was I hope they don't do it. I don't have oh, any I information okay, all right. uh, to, to back that up. <laughs> Just tell us okay, well, if they do it, we hope they'll let them out. We, we hope they'll hear the frantic knocking. Anyway, no one on tonight. No Coco tonight. He's up in Alaska. Up in Alaska. Uh, we still don't know why. Uh, but I'm sure we'll find out soon. However, uh, joining us is our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, down there in uh, Hubcap, West Virginia. How you doing there, Switchy? Um, I'm doing really fine down here in Hubcap, West Virginia. Okay, what's the name of where is it? I keep forgetting where you are. Point Pleasant, oh. West Virginia. Oh. Home of the Mothman. 
I sure remember. Well, the Mothman, Men in Black, UFOs, all kinds of mm-hmm. strange encounters in the 60s. Okay. Who's how's things at the museum? Oh, a lot of fun. Having a good time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Um, <clears throat> also joining us is our security chief, Willie Club. Hey, Mac. Hey, folks. How's everyone doing? He's also in the greater Boston area. Everything's uh, good with you? You know, everything's great. I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I, you know, on, on nights like this when we got a show, I don't know what it is, but I get that little extra kick, you know. Really? Yeah? Yeah, but I am kind of, so uh, you know, not having one one here. But, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I talked to him, and I'm really pleased that he's finally getting a mix, you know, with the locals. Yes. And yeah. uh, so I guess that uh, the only thing is, though, is I told him, I said, you got to be careful of those pub you know, initiations. So I gave yes. him a little advice, and hopefully he'll take it and okay. let us know next week uh, how things worked out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure he will. What, can, you, can we ask you what advice you gave him? Avoid the spotted well, you know, dick or something? Things, you, you remember, you know, when you used to go out and your mother would say, make sure, you know, when you go out that uh, things are clean. Well, oh, you know, on. Okay. to me uh, it was just that no, you had to take a change with him. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well... We should have read between the lines on that one. Following what people tell me. Yep. Yep. Good advice. Uh, Also with us, even though her camera is blinking her in and out, is uh, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways Now. Raven is one of those Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, let's talk about this ensemble now. Okay, what I can see. See, Wilma is usually here to help me interpret this. I see the classes, of course, always happening. Got the hat on. But got the hair rolled down and then a black background. Am I right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. accurate. Okay. All right. I'm not dreaming this. Okay. Good. Yeah, well, it's a great look. I, I got to say. Yeah. I was Thank waiting for you. Something. I love to just appear as a floating head. Well, <laughs> mission accomplished, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, and uh, also with us is, uh, oh, this is lawyer calling. Dr. Bob, <laughs> it might be that, that lawyer you were waiting for there, Switchy. Uh, Dr. Bob Gross is with us out there in Chicago, the toddling town. Dr. Hello, Bob. Mac. Hello, everyone. Good to be with you again tonight. Same here. Everything okay with you? Yes. Just don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Okay. Why are you saying that? Don't, you might spill some. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> there you go. That's, hey, that's what the earbags are for. Hang on. Was, all right. Let's move on. Um, Joining us here also is uh, Christopher Bledsoe, uh, I guess, for tonight. Let's give him a round of applause that we will electronically sweeten up in production and post-production. Christopher, how are you tonight? Thanks for joining us. I am honored to be here, Mac. I'm doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Now, you're down in North Carolina, right? Yes, sir. Down uh, in the town of Fayetteville, which is the home of Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. Fort, ba- Fort Bragg is an enormous military installation, right? Yeah. And there's uh, uh, also Pope Air Force Base here, which is uh, basically all on the same basic property, and they haul up the 82nd Airborne. Mm-hmm. Wow, we. So, so it's almost like a, a little city of military people, right? I mean, not even a little city. It's a, it is a city. Yeah, it, it, it looks like a, a, a town that uh, without a lot of buildings, it goes forever and ever and ever. There's yeah. a lot of people. And there's not a lot of big town here like you'd see in Charlotte or Raleigh. But, right, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people. 
Now, is that the home of the, uh, what, the 101st is there, or is that the 82nd? Or is it? It's the both, the 101st, 101st. and the 82nd. Yeah, they're, they're, those are the parachute uh, divisions of the U.S. Army. Those are the, those are the, those are like the specialists, you know, they're like the best. Um, so thanks for joining us, Christopher. So um, tell us about your latest book. Well, um, my, my book, UFO of God, um, we just published it on February 19th, and um, it, it is doing extremely well and uh, way better than I ever thought it was. But it's, uh, it's basically about an event that happened to me in 2007 and my son and eventually how it uh, led to where I'm at today. And uh, that's great. Military and the federal <laughs> government folks that mm-hmm. have been around us. Is this, was this your first book or have you uh, written others? This is the first one. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to write it? Started planning it in uh, January, February of last year, mm. and actually started putting it on paper in August of last year. Really? Holy cow. Yeah. How many words? That's is- quick. <laughs> no, yeah. you ain't kidding. Yeah. How many words is it, would you say? How many pages? Well, it's uh, a little less than 90,000 words, including <laughs> the forward and the introduction. And <laughs> okay, those cool. Were, those were written by Jim Simivan and uh, Dr. John Alexander. Mm. We've had, we used to have him on our show. Well, this is, we're, in the latest segment, we were, we're going to talk about your book, but um, we're just going to get a few things um, out of the way first. Raven, do you have a top ten list tonight? I do. I'm so sorry. I forgot about it. I'm so frazzled right now. Why? I hate it. Because you're with uh, five white guys? I'm with so many handsome gentlemen. All right. I got it. I got it. I have, I hope you sent me the right list. I have top 10 reasons. Wait, top 10 reasons why there's no top 10 list tonight. Top 10 reasons why there's no top 10 list tonight. Okay. That's music to my ears. And I knew all of a sudden he's sitting up now. Okay. Well, let's go. Start the music, please. Top 10 reasons why there's no top 10 list tonight. Raven, please. Number ten, JJ is off, and his and his hooray, uh, whiskey soaked cackle is essential to the success of the bit. That's that's hoary. The word is hoary. 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 Oh, yes. it is. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm off tonight. Okay, uh, nine, please. <laughs> Number nine, uh, Coco shot down a balloon over Alaska last week. <laughs> Sadly, it was a kid's party balloon, so you know he doesn't need any publicity right okay, now. Okay, he's gonna lay low. <laughs> Number eight, uh, please. Number eight. Uh, a certain female co-host continually insists that the top ten isn't random enough. Why can't it be number three, then number eight, then number one? Man. Okay. All right. There's only a few. It only gets better. Okay, it? right. All right, let's go. We can. <laughs> number seven. Uh, Switchy's lawyers have threatened to shut down the show until Switch gets the quote-unquote recognition he deserves for co-creating the top ten bit. Right. The weekly letter I get from his attorney. Okay, let's go. I can see Chris's eyes glazing over here. (laughs) Top ten reasons why we don't have a top ten list tonight, please, Rip. Uh, Club was quoted in page six the other day. Day as saying, anytime Max starts the, the top 10 crap, I feel the need to grab my sugar pops. 
Come on. <laughs> Come on. I prayed over that for about a half hour. Next, please. Yeah. <laughs> Number five. Uh, uh, the last time Bonkers, the show's pet chimp, read the top ten list, he threw his feces at us. Jeez. Oh, Were you here for that? Next, please. Uh, now it's embarrassing. Five. With the current state of inflation, the bit should be called the top seven and a half. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> well, Club is just shaking his head in disgust. Please, Raven. Oh, no, I just, I had a niche. That's okay, that's. Number three. If there's no list, the show is shorter. If the show is shorter, the sooner we can get to the starboard galley and start pounding down the onion rings and Jackie D. Right. That's what everyone dreams about. Next, please. Number two. Four words from Mac's mother. Oh. Grow the f- up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, you woke please. me up. Yeah, okay. Now, the uh, number one reason, uh, you read it, please, Raven. The number one reason why there's no top 10 list tonight Teddy Coco's ballless horse wishes it, <laughs> and so it shall be. <laughs> okay. Christopher's still here. He's stuck with us. Okay, we really appreciate that. <laughs> why don't we clap for ourselves, okay? So I won't have to pay. <laughs> okay, thank you, Club. Clapping with two fingers there. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so when we do this, when we take a quick commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Miltrax Hell Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopar Test Range? or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle. Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top-secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey, a valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. And I just kept going on and on about myself. I'm taking a leak in the driveway. He says, I know you like to talk to total stranger. The story's got nothing to do with the Bruins game. It's what happened with Grandma. I was wondering if those were sadomasochism straps or something. (laughs) But I digress uh, from what I don't know. Get into the beautiful mind of Juan Juan only on the Mac Maloney Military X-Files show. to Mac Maloney's Miltrex on show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Why would a show we have for you tonight? Let me quickly introduce the members of the posse. No JJ tonight, girl. Sorry. 
No Coco tonight. Sorry, Gil Smiths and Gigi Gilms. But Switchblade Steve Ward is here. Switchy. Great to be here. That's it. What's it? That's it. Right, I'm, well, I'm beyond wonderful, but oh, it's I great see. to be here. Okay. All right. Did you get your plumbing fixed? No. Oh. They're coming tomorrow oh, to really? dig up my front lawn. Oh, oh really? Oh. I, I've, been, I've been staying in a motel across the river. Really? Are you kidding days. me? Tonight will be the fifth. Oh, okay. Let me uh, let me wow. introduce everyone else. We'll hear about this adventure and how Mothman is connected to it. Also with us is our security chief, Willie Club, WC. Mac, hi, folks. How okay. you doing? I bet you can't wait to hear what happened with Switchy's Plumbing. Well, uh, I, I know Switch doesn't know that, but we had a lot of concern on the last show why you were missing, and Max said you right. had a plumbing issue. All right. So we thought it, you know, sort of a medical issue, and uh, Top I'm ten glad to see that it's, yes. it's a different kind of plumbing. Yes, I, I'm glad had, that, uh, that the club jumped right on a medical issue about my plumbing, but well, uh, go ahead, club. Top well, ten if reasons. you get a chance to hear the show, you yeah, might yeah. see the, the concern yeah. that we had as a group. I'll take your word for it. Listen to us. All right. Listen to the show sometime. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for being with us, Richie. Also with us is. And it's great to be here. I mean, as usual. Club and Switchie. Also, best part of the night, Raven is with us. Raven. Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Up there in Sideways, New York. I'm here. here. (laughs) So you you got a new, you, you have a cat. You have a dog, but you have another dog now, right? Yes, and I got a tattoo on Saturday, oh, so man. I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm doing good right now. Really? Can you tell us? Can we you? see it? <laughs> it's, it's on my leg, so I can't really show you. I'll have to send you a picture, but I'll, I'll oh, have okay. you guess what it is, and then I'll just send a picture. How about that? We can guess what the oh, tattoo is. Yeah. Hmm. yeah we have a fun, contest. Hang fun on little game. Yes. We can give some books away. Hang on. Let me introduce someone else. Dr. Bob Gross is with us out there in Chicago. Dr. Bob, you okay? Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Looking okay. forward to tonight's show very also, much. Also with us is uh, UFO author Christopher Bledsoe down there in North Carolina. Christopher, how are you doing? Doing great, Mac, and uh, honored to be here. You're still honored to be here after being here for <laughs> a half yeah, hour or so? I'm honored to be here. I'm yeah. just... Uh, just soaking it all in. <laughs> well, I, I know that feeling. So anyway, so <clears throat> switch. We have to go back to you for a second. Uh, the world wants to know what did you have for breakfast today? This morning, I had a steak, egg, and cheese bagel at McDonald's. Oh, oh, oh McDonald's! Wow. They wow. have uh, they haven't had them for a long time, and they still don't have yeah. them in West West by God, Virginia. But across the river in Ohio, yep. they've started to bring them back. So. Uh, I've had them for a couple of days. One day I went in there and they they were out of bagels. Yeah, how about I mean, yeah? Come yeah. on, man. And uh, so, but you want to know what I had for lunch? Yes, please. Well, much later on, about one uh, thirty, I went out to the Country Corner Cafe, mm-hmm. ten miles east of here in Leetart, West Virginia. Their okay. lunch special was uh, 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 country fried steak oh, with mashed potatoes and gravy yes. and green peas mm-hmm. and a roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. First off, I did not eat the peas. 
I don't do peas. Really? You know, peas are relegated to the lower depths of hell, really? along with coconut, uh, pineapple, and a few Ooh. other things. Wow. Oh. Is this peak oh. into Switchy's life? Yeah. Okay. I like vegetables, but peas that. are not a vegetable. Yeah. They're just that, hold on. Diet. I, I'm calling the police. Yeah, Everyone please. hold on a second. Uh, yeah. Stay where you are, Switchy. That diet switch. Yeah. No wonder why your, your septic system blew up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Holy. Well, it's, it's a darn good thing I don't have a septic system. Maybe it's a good thing it's the city, unless it's their fault. No, when, they said uh, he was, when, they, when he said they were digging up his front yard, I thought he meant his lawn, but maybe not, right? Yeah. Yep. Hey, peas raw. I yeah. love them. But listen, but but chicken fried steak. Um, i tell a quick story. I was driving cross country back in my youth, and we were kind of like off the beaten track, and we came, and we came to this place called Shamrock, Texas. And it's like the first place in Texas you can get off the highway and get gas and stuff. Went into a little diner and they had chicken fried steak and I I can still remember it. It was excellent. Not good for you, but tasted really good. Oh, I, I love it. Mm. Cracker Barrel, when we used to go down south, when well, we still do, mm. we love going to Cracker Barrels and getting that uh, for lunch. Particularly down Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I, I still get it by the way, that same. Uh, country fried chicken. Yeah, love it, love it. And, and but actually, this was country fried steak. It wasn't actually yeah, chicken. Steak. And the same thing. That's what I but, meant. Uh, Ste- yeah, yeah, steak. Now yeah. I, I only That's ate it. about sixty percent of it, so I've got forty percent waiting for me in the refrigerator mm-hmm. later on tonight if I get hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When are they going to fix your uh, system? Now, uh, well, uh, they're coming tomorrow, early <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, I'm hold off then lunch. until. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hold off eating a lot of food. <laughs> well, I want. I, I'm not even flushing this thing here. Because, oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, oh. You know, unless I well, I won't go there. But uh, <clears throat> please don't. I don't yeah. blame you. Are you are you really in a hotel across the river? Or you just. No, no, I, I'm going back and forth. I'm at home right now. Yeah, yeah. But if I if I need to use facilities, you go or over. Uh, if I want to sleep yep. and and get up at night and use the facilities, I'm I'm over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck. Don't you have an outhouse? Wait a second. Come on. You're fine outhouse. It's offensive in a way. So I know someone, maybe I told you this, Switchy, this, um, this, the guy who comes on here, Gary Olson, the famous Hollywood author. Yes. He had a, um, I guess he had a hernia operation. So the doctor said to him, you know, ingest a lot of brand for the next two weeks to get everything, you know, flowing again, right? <laughs> yeah. So he did. And you mix the brand, the raw brand, in with orange juice, and you drink it. And but he said after like three or four days, you know, there was no problemo anymore. So his wife, wanting to save the whales, instead of throwing away the five gallon jug of brand, she dumped the brand down their sink. Okay, Ooh. to 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 recycle the plastic jug, and that got wet, and uh, they were digging up. Oh, no. they, they were digging up his lawn. Okay, it cost him twelve thousand <laughs> because brand when it's wet it expands and it just <laughs> clogged it all the way to the street. So keep that in mind, Switchy. Okay. So I don't when do you, brand. You don't do brand. You don't do peas. You don't do brand. Don't do coconut. Don't do beets. I, I can choke down lima beans. Okay, that's mm-hmm. you know I can do that. Okay. But uh, pineapple, yeah, coconut, uh, raisins. Oh. Wow. Mushrooms. Oh, oh, good oh God. I don't like mushrooms. Okay, I'm with you on mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. But really, raisins? Oh, Rain. raisins are so uh, good. No, no. Oh, they're just little grapes. They're just old grapes. Yeah. Raisin band would be great if they just get rid of the raisins. Yeah, I used to sit there and pick them up. Anyway. Speaking of dumping things down the uh, sewer, yes. when I was a kid, I dumped a gallon jug of carbide down the <laughs> sewer in the basement and somebody lit it. 
Uh, someone lit it, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Wow, huh? There was fire coming out of the manhole covers outside. Of really? The, yeah, yeah. In the street. <laughs> okay, well, memorable. The more water you put on it to put it out, the bigger the flame got. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was the first moon launch. Yeah, yeah it's just wow. about. Switchy. That's what it was planned to be. Oh, really? Yeah. Funny. <laughs> I'm still here, though. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Well, <laughs> speaking of uh, still being here, our guest has, uh, is still here. I'm surprised. But uh, Christopher Bledsoe, uh, UFO author. The, the uh, title of your latest book is UFO and God. Is that true? UFO of God. Okay. So so you had an experience and you wrote a book about it. Is that what happened? Yeah. Um, in 2007, I was, uh, was fishing on the river with my son and three subcontractors and walked away from the group for what I thought was 20 minutes and came back four hours late and uh, hmm. missing I time reported it way back then and uh, in 2007 and the rest is history it's uh, it's been quite a journey it, so it, it started with missing time in other words yeah four hours nearly four hours of missing time did you ever and find that would be from the time I left before the fire where they were fishing. Mm -hmm. Did you ever find out what happened? Um, It's hard to remember what was happening on uh, when I was gone, but uh, I do have some memory of it, but not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Can you you tell us what you remember? Is it in the book? There's not a lot in the book about that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing I remember is, uh, I walked up on them. There were two about 300 yards away. They were 40-foot balls of fire, at least 40 to 50 foot across, mm. glowing, looked like the setting sun. Uh-huh. I got ready to run. I got afraid after you know observing this for a good few minutes. And uh, when I went to run, a third one appeared and it took me. It just peered right over me, and it was on me very quickly. And um, but being inside of something clear, like uh, like uh, a bubble, mm-hmm. looking down on the earth from way up high, those are mainly the vivid the memories that you know I have. Always somebody behind me, that's presence that was there. Mm-hmm. It, but it, it was observing everything from way up high. Was this an, was this an alien craft? No, I, I didn't report it as alien. I never thought of it as that way. Um, if you read the book, you'll see that I was very sick and and had gone through uh, a near death experience and was uh, a victim. Of my business was of nine one one when they destroyed World Trade Center. I had seventy two houses under construction. And um, about wow. $40,000 $40, a month in interest going out. And Fort Bragg just like, nobody buy houses mm-hmm. because you, there's no telling where you're going to be next month. So mm-hmm. I just sat there for two years watching every dime I could find in interest dissolve and Jeez. got very sick. And yeah, yeah. But the good thing is when they brought me back, I was uh, I was no longer sick with that. Uh, debilitating wow. Crohn's, Crohn's disease. So. All right. Yes. Yeah. That's not fun. Can we ask you about the near-death experience? 
Yeah, um, I was being, I've had several. Okay. Tell us about the first one. First See, when I was 10 years old, I was shot point in the blank in the back with a shotgun. From six, Whoa. Six foot away. Hmm. I was 10, oh, 10 years old, just a little guy, and it blew a hole directly in line with my heart, straight in the back shoulder, big as an orange. What? The scar is still there. Who shot you? Uh, my next-door neighbor. I grew up with a gun in my hand. I shot my first deer at five years old. Grew up on a farm with a gun in my hand where my father and right. my neighbor was a cattle farmer. And uh, his son was reckless, I guess. Yeah. We were out dove hunting on New Year's Day, 1971. And um, I, I shot a bird that was flying by the air and it landed across the field in the edge of the bushes. So I walked across the field and had a double barrel shotgun and dropped the shell because I saw the bird uh, wasn't dead. It was in the bush. Yep. But, you know, it was going to fly or what. But I dropped the shell, and when I stood up, he had run up behind me, not knowing he was back there, and tried to claim the bird and shot me instead. Wow. Jeez. Uh, but you made it. You're here. You, you lived through yeah. it. Yeah, you know, every time I go to the airport, every time. They had to pat me down because I have so much lead around my heart. <laughs> really, and yeah. And hmm. they pat me down every time. When you were, um, what did you see in your near-death experience? Did you witness heaven or anything like that? No, no. I just saw the earth from above the same way. Mm -hmm. It was like floating in space looking down at earth. And next thing I know, in those days, they didn't have all the x-ray stuff they have now. And so they would... They'd take me into surgery, and they would get a uh, take the lead out they could find. They rolled me back into uh, X-ray on this cold metal table, and they would find more lead. And they take they kept doing wow, that yeah. in and out of surgery. Wow. And then when I woke up, they were X-raying me for the last time, and uh, that was my memory of seeing Earth from way up high. Mm. Well, and you were how old were you when this happened? I was ten years old. Ten. I was born in 1961. So when you when you woke up, when you you know realized that you were going to live, you're just a kid, but you know people are telling you, okay, you're going to make it. How do you feel? Did you want to live, or did you want? To? A lot of people say when they have near death experiences that it's so enlightening and you know pleasant on the other side. They want to go. They want to stay. They don't want to come back. Did you have any of those feelings? I did in 2004. Um, what happened then is, and it's in the book, um, my doctor, one of my doctors had gone off the deep end, had no clue, and was treating his patients rather haphazardly with just writing prescriptions. Hmm. And he... Uh, put 113 patients in the hospital and overdosed. In other words, when I was put in the hospital, the doctor come in and said, this sure is a shame. This doctor just died last night. And this is the 113th patient you put in the hospital. And, um, wow. Jeez. Yeah, that was in 2004. And what it was is I had Crohn's disease. And because my business was running crazy, uh, running out of money fast the stress became so bad uh, that it was messing with me and my ability to get better the Crohn's was getting worse way worse 
for stress and Crohn's don't meet a match at all. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so after being in a restroom 20 times a day or 25 times a day, my family private doctor said, you know, there's a new treatment called Paxil. You should be, you should try this. It's proven to help with the depression and help with Crohn's. I said, whatever. I had no clue. I was just, I was ready to leave from here. I was that depressed and sick. Couldn't get out of bed to work. And so he wrote me a prescription for that and referred me to a doctor, um, a psychiatrist, actually, to mm-hmm. to manage this and to talk. Well, he's like smoking the first day I met him. He's like, you own all the wrong stuff. Started writing prescriptions. Yes, yes. And had no clue within three months I'd be unconscious laying on the lot next door hmm. from my property. And he just wrote these prescriptions and didn't check. I had toxic blood poisoning. Yeah, yeah. See, that oh, happens, a happens a lot. Wow. Happens a lot. People taking, you know, giving prescription drugs, and it's not what they're supposed to take. But a lot of times, doctors will, they'll have like five things to choose from, like blood pressure medication. There's like about yeah. 20 different kinds. And no one knows who takes what to wit. So they just give you one. If it makes you sick, they give you another one. And you, know, you have to make your way all yeah. the way through them, you know. And that's, I'm at, hey, Raven, you have a couple of questions, Rave? Yeah. So, um, This is really random, but how old was your son um, when this happened? Because you said that he was with you. Yeah, he was Chris Jr., my oldest boy. I have four children, a daughter and three sons. And the oldest was 17 years old at that time. Okay. Now, did he actually go with you as well? Yeah. um, In fact, it's a pretty amazing uh, read if you read this or, or... Let's just say this summer, the History Channel is premiering a new series that they're featuring us in there. And I can't give a name for it yet, but it's coming soon. Sure. <laughs> You'll get to see he and my other children in there. And one thing I'd like to say is the most what's what will come to light is when this happened 16 years ago, I reported it to an outfit called MUFON. Sure. <laughs> which found on the computer. Yep. And, oh. Yeah. And it, immediately I get a, a man that knocks at my door and he says, hey, I'm I'm Dr. Hal Pobemeyer from NASA. Mm. So he drove all the way from Cape Canaveral to my house. And he was there as soon as it was reported. He was the first one there. Mm. And he ended up being like a father figure to me and my children. He would drive all the way from Cape Canaveral to be at their birthday parties. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. And so it ended up being a whole crowd from NASA there, whole crowd from the CIA, uh, mm. from the DIA, from all these three-letter agencies. I've been working with them for 15 years, and nobody's known it. I've never really talked about it. Mm-hmm. Do you believe... Uh, because of the t- oh, I'm sorry, Doctor Bob. Do you have a question? Yeah, yes, I have a couple. It's a very interesting story, Chris. Uh, in just quickly, in 2013, I was recruited to work with a group of people um, who were involved in a mass abduction. And several of the things that you described, uh, they described to me when I met with them. There were about 16 people. 
Uh, I can't go into too much detail because I'm still under a non-disclosure agreement with them. But uh, when you were, when you, you said when they uh, took you, they, how long were you gone, do you know? Well, the best I can tell, um, something three hours and 40 minutes probably, three hours and 30 minutes. Because the walk up to where I went and the walk back would have took, um, it was only a quarter mile up and a quarter mile back. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it took 30 minutes to walk that. I was gone three and a half hours. Then. Yeah, yeah. Now, have you been uh, abducted since? Yes, several times. And, and in the okay. book, you'll read in the book about uh, a U.S. Naval subcommander that was with me and his wife. And we were taken along with eight people. There were eight of us that night. And I write about the story. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be um, getting this book. And I just want to let you know, the cover art is absolutely gorgeous. I'm looking at it right now, and I I love it so much. I would definitely recommend looking that up because that alone is gorgeous. Thank you for that. It was very, uh, it it was uh, something I had that came into my life, that photo that picture that is a leonardo da vinci lost leonardo it it came into me like a a gun and i knew i mean like being shot right it was put in my face and i i just went crazy over it i put it Mm -hmm. on my phone and i saved it all these years yeah yeah no one would be the the, uh cover of your book that's cool so so um the, the the title of your book indicates that you think that there's a religious connection to UFOs. Is that true? Yeah. And, um, and I, I say that with a bunch of, uh, for a main reason is because, uh, is that it's ongoing. And, and this is what the government knows. And this is what the history channel will show. Um, I, I film this stuff every night. Every night, mm-hmm. it's around me. It comes in my house. I have orbs floating in the house, and I take. I have over two thousand videos on my cell phone that I have taken in the last less than two years. And mm-hmm. many, many, many witnesses from the CIA to the DIA to all these professors, the university academic professors, have come to study this, and they see it with me. Sometimes mm-hmm. twenty-five, thirty people will be here, and 10, 15, 20, 30 orbs will show up. Uh-huh. Oh. Chris, do you hear any sounds before they show up? Uh, often they will sound, uh, when they're here, um, they may sound like an electrical sizzling. Sometimes you don't hear anything yeah, at all. So, so if they're inside the house, you'll hear them and they're buzzing around. So what is the uh, God connection? What is the connection to religion and so on? Well, it's because I was born and raised uh, a Baptist, right? And I married a Pentecostal holiness girl. And and the book tells this story big. I haven't been to church in 15 years, mm-hmm. maybe just to see a, a, a wedding or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was a deacon in the Pentecostal church. And mm-hmm. when I came back saying, you won't believe I was out praying. I'm sick with Crohn's disease, right? And I'm calling out, God, I don't want to live anymore, but I have four children. I can't support them. I'm 46. I lost everything I had. Had a 5,000-foot home with a pool in the back. Now I'm trying to figure out how to get free lunch for my children. Hmm. 
at school. And that's just debilitating all of it together and just coming through this doctor poison. I mean, so I'm on the river. I'm thinking about God or, you know, I don't know God. I, I just was raised on a going to church, but I'm crying out to whoever's up there. Please help me. Mm-hmm. And that's when these balls of fire come out of the sky and took me and they brought me back, I no longer had this Crohn's disease. Is that right? So, yes. So, yeah. And when I told the church and my family and the neighborhood what happened, they thought the devil had come. So they, they ostracized the whole right? community. Did. Yeah, the really? Wow. So so l- let me ask you this. Is the, is the experience that you had, uh, let's say the, the uh, Baptist experience, is it— um, or is it a universal religion, if you know what I mean? It's not, it's not about a, a religion. Mm-hmm. I don't have a religion anymore. It's about a spiritual thing. Mm. That, um, In other words, if you were here tonight, last night, I could, and maybe I'll send you a bit. Last night, I, my daughter come home. She's been gone a week, Florida, her and her husband. I said, you want to you wanna see them up close tonight? I said, come with me. And so we walk out the store, my little shop here, and uh, I took my camera out. And within a few minutes, we were filming orbs all around us within 10, 15 feet of us. Huh. And I have a dozen of them. And, and it's, it's, it's always like that. Why do, you think, why do you think they're attracted to you? I, I don't know. Hmm. I wish I knew that. See, that's we talk about this. Do you do you have any uh, thought about you know? Will you live near a large military installation? That there could ever be any connection to that? You know, we hear so much about you know uh, flights and things that happen around military installations, and wonder if when you saw those orbs, if that sort of you know got you thinking about. Secret weapons. You know, something in that regard. Well, yeah, I've thought about that a hundred times, but and the government has to trust me. Uh, especially some high-level congressmen have remarked about it being near Fort Bragg. But the thing is, it doesn't matter where I go. If I go to West Virginia or to Switch. L.A. or to Las Vegas, and I walk out on the beach and ask them to come, they'll yeah, most likely come. And... Uh, and do it with witnesses, many witnesses. Because we talk on the show, um, you know, frequently about some people. There's something about some people who see these things or are involved in these things, and then there's other people like myself where nothing ever happens to me. So, do you think it only happens happens to certain people for some you know reason? What? I, I really, I, I don't like to say that that it only happens to certain people. I think anybody's capable. Um, I can tell you this, my book, and, and you'll read where John or Jim Chimivan writes about what he calls the hitchhiker effect, because they've noticed that every time people get around me, uh, not every time, but of a lot of people that come to my house and experience this with me, mm-hmm. when they go home, it, it follows them. Interesting. Yeah. Whoa. Like the yeah. triangle. And, and I really believe this is because of what someone from NASA told me. Because I asked him, I said, uh, you know, he's in the book. I asked him, I said, why is it that when people come to my house and we have this experience, they go home and they call me and say they're seeing these orbs? He said, I think there's a truth switch within everyone's brain. 
And once they've seen it and it, it impacts them, there's no going back. And it just opens you up to it. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of uh, more when you want to see it, seek and you'll find not the door be open. That's hey, we're talking. Chris was, oh, I was going to say, we're talking to Chris Bledsoe here on McNaughty's Military Exile Show on the Distant Thunder Radio Network, author, UFO author. Uh, please, Dr. Bob. Yes, Chris, was both your son and your daughter abducted after you were abducted? Um, yeah, they have been before, yeah. Because the uh, research that I, the group I was working with, for decades and generations, they've been abducted. Yeah. And in fact, what was happening with this group that was so unique is that they, when they were abducted, they were being given gifts. In other words, mm-hmm. if someone was a, uh, a good painter or, or, or a fair painter, after the whole abduction series was finished, they were an excellent painter, and their paintings and their you know, transcripts at school showed it. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. You know what that's like is like the M Triangle, which we talked about um, in, in uh, Russia near the Ural Mountains, where it's a 40-square-mile place that used to be top secret, uh, the KGB ran it, but then things get a little, um, you know, less frosty between us and the Russians. They let people go into this place and they, and they report the same things. You know, people go in there with diseases, they come out cured. Right. People go in there, you know, they're a little bit of a painter, they come out and they're like Rembrandt, you know. I mean, these things happen, yeah. they happen there. So, Switchy, you have a question, Switch? Yeah. Um, the uh, We've talked a lot on the show about uh, different kinds of experiences. Some seem to be very negative and frightening. Others seem to be very positive. Uh, I know Preston Dennett wrote a book on uh, 300 healings that have taken place in connection with UFOs. So there's, there is, what, whatever's going on, there's this uh, positive side. People have had close proximity with, with craft and so forth mm-hmm. and received miraculous healings. Almost like, in some cases, it's almost like the entity or, or if we want to call it alien, I don't know, is it takes on more the persona of a, an angel. Mm. So, so, so many, so many of these uh, things. The uh, uh, the line of demarcation is very blurred as to what we're actually dealing with. Well, it's it's, it's it could be the same thing. We're just you know looking at it from two different sides. You know what I mean? Angels in yeah. you know yeah. extraterrestrials. So, That's what I reported on the MUFON. I said I believe they're angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, well, that's just too much for us. And that was back way back then. But I can tell you, um, when you if you read the book, mm-hmm. there are several, several stories in there talking about, uh, and I don't want to say gifts. I don't know that I have a gift. I believe I have, um, I'm just an intermediary, a guy that can ask for, someone to be better and sometimes it happens but Mm -hmm. for example there's a story in this book about and it's how i met jim Simivan. and if anybody knows who jim is he's he's uh one of the top cia guys he was head of uh director of operations for the for the cia okay and uh he wrote the the forward on my book but how i met him basically was uh, a, a miracle happened uh, with a dog. I had an injured dog, a Labrador, and it's in the book. And in front of a whole group of witnesses, she was bleeding to death. And I 
I tackled her. She ran in the back door and her whole neck, neck was cut wide open there mm-hmm. across her vein and it was just spraying blood out. And I tackled her inside the house, blood everywhere, took her outside and laid her on the patio and had my hand on her neck, trying to hold pressure, blood shooting up through my fingertips. And, uh, and Grant Cameron, a guy by the name of Grant Cameron, sure. uh, he's, a, he's a researcher, a UFO guy. Yep. He, he was standing there with his camera watching the whole thing, hmm. witnessing. And hmm. so I, nobody knew what happened to the dog. Anyhow, I, I yelled out, she's going to die. And, and I looked up at the sky and I said, what do I do? How do I help her? You know, help me. And when I did immediately, I felt her relax. And uh, when I moved my hand, this two-inch neck cut across her neck was gone. But word got around about that. I mean, it was completely gone. wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Word got to NASA about it, some friends there, and they called me and said, you know, you may have a gift, and you need to pursue it. So that got me into stem cell research, something completely out of my league with mm-hmm. NASA scientists, and all of a sudden I'm into that. And then I get a call from a guy and it's in the book about a sick young child in Washington, a power broker from Washington, a very uh, elite family there. And if I said who it was, everybody would quickly know. Go ahead. But his son, his mom is a doctor and his grandpa is a, a doctor, cardiologist in New York. And he has mitochondrial DNA disease, meaning he can't eat nothing. And he's 12 years old, and he's got a feeding tube, and President Obama uh, granted him a make-a-wish. So they allowed the like the Delta Force, because he wanted to be an Army man. That's what he said, I want to be an Army. So they opened the Pentagon basement to him and let him play Army with all the full night vision gear and all. Mm. And he was put in the book by Mike Morrell. Nice. Uh, um, and they, they got pictures of him in there. But long story short, they called me and said, we want you in Washington tomorrow. I said, you kidding? It's 4th of July. My family's coming. And they're like, what's more important, Washington and this child or your family mm-hmm. and a party? I said, well, you got me there. Send me a ticket. And I had no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. But I felt like, that I should at least try for this child. And so I, next morning I'm in Washington. Uh, by After lunch, I'm there, and I'm in this child's house with his mom and dad. And and I was terrified. I didn't know what to say, what to do. I was just being asked to help something that was completely out of my swim lane. So anyhow, um, I started praying silently about it. And something said, reach out and hug her. And I did. And uh, anyhow, later that night, his mama calls me at one o'clock, says he, or one thirty in the morning, he's eating. And he's a junior at American University right now. Hmm. So uh, this happened in front of the highest people in Washington. They all know about it. But the whole thing is, think about this. These people, whether I did anything or not, uh, I don't take any credit. But the fact is that they would reach out to somebody mm. uh, from the UFO world to try to help this yeah, child. That's interesting, yeah. really. Uh, so listen, we're, uh, we have to come to a commercial break here now. Quickly, uh, tell us, Chris, the name of the book again and where people can get it. 
it's, it's the name of the book is UFO of God. And I have a website, ufoofgod.com. And there's a link there to Amazon. You can go straight to Amazon and buy it. You can put my name in and it'll come up with Amazon. But it's ufoofgod.com. And there I have a lot of testimonies from government people and scientists and doctors. And mm -hmm. Is there, um, uh, one last question, Chris. Is there a God or are we in some kind of a matrix simulation? Well, I really believe somebody made it all. Mm -hmm. Somebody or some mind created everything. Mm -hmm. I have no idea, but I do know we're not alone. Do you think and the uh, Do you think the U.S. Do you think the U.S. government or the U.S. military know what UFOs are? No. No. Right. They That's don't know any more than we do. I don't think they know what it is or how to do it. Yeah. And yeah. they don't know how to tell it. Cool. Well, you're a man after my own heart there, Chris. Hey, listen, thanks very much for joining us. Okay, UFO of God, Christopher Bledsoe. Uh, anyone up in New England will remember your last name because there's a famous quarterback up here named Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I'm kin well, to him somewhere. Oh, somewhere. really? Yeah? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Too bad a guy named Tom Brady came along, but that's another show. So thank, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Chris. We're going to take a quick break now. We'll be thanks, right Mr. back. After this. Thank you. Please Thanks, Christopher. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. So until you hear us next time, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and... Bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen... What do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go. Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire? You clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. The great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best beef. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan Juan sent you. 
I missed the beginning. Uh, what happened? No, I was just talking about uh, oh, yeah. a, a newer series, a, a Star Trek called Brave New Worlds. It oh, takes yeah. place before the original series. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. Christopher Pike at the helm. Um, we watched that Picard. Do you ever watch Picard? I've asked you oh, that yeah. before. Picard is really good. Very good. And really it's good. A good sh- it's a good show. Sci-fi. Like I'm not. I'm not a Star Trek fan. Like my husband kind of likes it. My mom is a huge Star Trek fan, and huh. they watch it together. And I watched a couple uh, episodes of it, and it is really good. Yeah, I gotta say, like from somebody that knows nothing about it. Yep, it can attract people who aren't big Star Trek people. You know, um, yep. good good science fiction writing. It reminds me a lot of the science fiction books that I. Read when I was growing up by like Robert Heinlein and Isaac Asimov and that kind of oh, yeah. uh, space opera stuff. Always a really big fan of that. All right, here we go. Let's go at 124 right here. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Star Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. First of all, girls, sorry, no JJ tonight. No JJ. He's being inducted into a quote unquote British social club. Uh, sorry, Gils Mills and Gigi Gils, no Coco either. This is like you know, having your first two uh, pitches in your rotation out. Okay, we're going to rely on the bullpen. Uh, Coco's up in Alaska shooting down stuff. Uh, but our national correspondent is with us, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switch. Great to be here, and I'm uh, covering uh, West by God, Virginia right yeah. now. Okay. All right. Now, I, I, I went over the tape of the previous segment, and you were saying chicken fried. No, what were you? What did you have? What kind of steak? Uh, uh, country fried steak. Country fried steak. Okay. I was, Mashed potatoes and gravy. I was talking about chicken. No. Um, what, am I, what was I talking fried, about? Fried chicken? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, no, uh, it's the steak they fry. You know, they put a uh, coating on it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 It's the best food, you know Country what I mean? Fried steak. That's right. Okay, so 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 it's for some reason. I mean, the food in New England is okay, but there's something about you know down south and out west. It's just a little more zazzy, you know. Yep, absolutely. Um, so anyway, who else is here? Um, oh, our um, good friend up there in Sideways Now, Raven, is with us, Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. I also want to let you know I have Ruby right next to me, oh, and she that? says hi. Is a new rescue dog. Okay. Right. Is Ruby a uh, a mutt? That's she's a foxhound mix. That's a, um, she looks like a foxhound mixed with a beagle. Yes. She just oh, looks cool. like a a big a big beagle, which is funny because my other dog is a beagle, and she just looks like a bigger version of him. <laughs> Very cute. Good. Wow. Huh. Okay. And how's the cat taking to the new dog? She's actually fine. Really, yeah. I think she gets along with Ruby more than she does with Scotch. Yeah, Scotch <laughs> and Scotch. You know, it's funny because when I grew up, dogs used to chase cats. Now they're practically married <laughs> together. Is that something that's happened? Anyway. Uh, also joining us is our good friend out there in Chicago, Dr. Bob Gross. Dr. Bob, how you doing? Hello from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, our security chief, Willie Club, also with us from the greater Boston area. From Boston, you you got that right, Mac. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was kind of under a lot of pressure tonight when you, you really? told us that JJ wasn't going to be here. I know it's tough, but you know, I'm I'm not as nervous now. You know, I have to agree with why switch. You know, it's kind of hey, that's down. okay, Club. I got your back, buddy. There you go. I know. I think you're I, doing I a, a, a wicked good job. Go. How's yeah. that accent? Yeah. Wicked back. good job. It was uh, perfect. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what's really bugging me? Before we type the switch, so. As you know, I went to film school, 
But what really bothers me a lot is that Matt Damon and um, the other guy there, his friend there from Cal- from uh, Cambridge, Ben Affleck, have shut down the entire friggin' city of Boston because they're making some shitty great big movie that ain't gonna go anywhere. Do, do you you know what I'm talking but about, it, Club? Are, are you yeah, seen that? The thing is, is it will go somewhere because there's so many people that base their entire personalities off of movies like that, really and they're am. going to eat it up. Club. That's not the first time, Mac. You know, a lot of these uh, they always do it. Do that. They get a tax you know? break in Massachusetts. They get like you can do it here for almost nothing. And you can bet that the owner of Bova's restaurant, of Bova's bakery, oh, yeah. it made more money yes. shutting down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he would have made in a month. Yep. Yep. You ain't kidding. You and ain't and kidding. he's now. Can you imagine the amount of advertising? He's on advertising. He's got everybody's going to want to go there. I wait till the movie you know, comes he's, out. He's open twenty four seven. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. I mean, wow. it's it's it's. Um, what bothered me once was, um, I mean, about fifteen years ago, we we're in. We're on the uh, expressway. We're, we're we're in the middle of Boston. We're in the tunnel, and we're trying to get to the North Shore. And it's 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 solid traffic, and it's because Tom Cruise, my tooth in the middle of my head, Tom Cruise, and someone else is is filming a movie called Salt and Pepper, or Black and White, or Ivory Amariana. What the? F- it would there were there were spies. And they cut they they closed down the entire Zakem Bridge for three hours Jeez. to film a scene a scene that's not in the movie. Okay, and here's the thing is that, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't take them in the movie, but the city of Boston lays down and, and practically, you know, you know what I mean, kisses their ass in a big, big way. And they get a lot of publicity on the local media. You know, if that was Giselle, we wouldn't he- have heard from you about no. this tonight. But Giz- Grizzle. Hey, listen, you know, I bet you he doesn't think he, 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 he's she's in his rearview mirror. You'll see Tom Brady we're talking about anyway. So I just want to ask Dr. Bob a question. I'm going yes. to go to switch. So uh, we, we, we had a lot of discussion in the past few weeks about Roswell, you know, the earthly explanation for Roswell, which you and I have talked about on air and off air many times. And basically what was happening yes. down in New Mexico at that time was a secret project where the U.S. government, U.S. military was – floating large balloons over the Soviet Union with audio devices on them that would pick up the sound of nuclear explosions. And this is a very primitive way of trying to figure out whether the Russians had the bomb or not. Now, I, I, now here's my question. So, it, it, and, and there's a lot of this, 100% of the evidence uh, in Roswell points to the fact that it was one of these balloons. And yes. this, this this magical substance that, you know, you could bend and return to its shape was simply mylar, which they make uh, balloons out. Now, here's my question. You Two questions. How long did they do this? One, what, what was this program about? Two years or so? It didn't last too long, or did it? It uh, started, well, first of all, it started around 1946. Mm-hmm. With That was the... Uh, where they were working with the balloons, right. Project Mogul. Mogul. Now, okay. They they were sending. They found that there was like a channel in the atmosphere that would pick up the Russians exploding 
atomic bombs. If they, so they really it. didn't have to send the balloons over to Russia, mm-hmm. they just sent them up high enough. Right, and they would they would kind of you know um, cash in on this you know the atmospheric that this height was almost like a channel, like a radio channel that you could hear. Things. Yes, because there was doing. a similar channel in the ocean, allegedly. Okay. So they could, so the, they were using those channels to pick up sound with those balloons. Right, right. So let me ask but, you this. So so okay. they would launch these balloons, and they would go, and they, they would do their thing, okay? And then what? They would crash? Uh, the balloons usually would. Okay, now, so, sometimes they'd land— and then they'd recover them. Okay. So let me ask but you especially this, Especially in the developmental years, they were crashing. Okay. So so have there been any other crash sites of the—I mean, they must all eventually crash, you know, on the ones that aren't recovered. So, I mean, where, where's, where are the other debris fields, if you know what I mean? Uh, they were—there were, there were uh, planes that went out looking for the balloons— Mm-hmm. And then those balloons or those planes and the crew would gather up the balloons. Oh, I see. Okay. Some of the balloons had tags on them saying return to, you know, Send uh, wherever. But where would they, they be? People where would, brought the balloons back. Where, where, where they be in the, would they come down in the United States or be in Norway somewhere? Um, they w- most of them would come in the area of New Mexico mm-hmm. because of the wind patterns and so forth. I tracked like something like 1,500 balloons that were launched mm-hmm. uh, from the New Mexico sites, and they were tracking all of them. Some of them got out of hand and went other places. Okay. Some of them never inflated. And because the design they were using with the new uh, polyethylene. Yes. You know, they those balloons were like they took two circular surfaces and welded them together, so they looked more like discs than, than anything spheres else. Yes. Yeah, that's when funny. they were launched. I'll tell you, a lot of people saw those things and mistook them for UFOs. I mean, let's face it. You know, let's let's get reality based here. A lot of those yes. things were spotted and they were reported as UFOs. Now, listen. Um, thank you, Doctor Bob, and uh, we don't really get into controversy very much here. On the show, but Switchy reported in early, and he told me he was burning. I saw the steam coming out of his ears. I think it was steam. We don't know. Well, are you going to sue the plumber? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to uh, uh, praise the plumber. Yes, yeah. Take good care of him. Bring him yeah, yeah. cold Kiss water the plumber's ass until they can fix my uh, right. my uh, situation here. Right, right. And uh, well, how much is the plumber an hour? Do you know yet, Switch? Or? <laughs> I don't know, but I have an estimate as to what the entire uh, uh, project Tell will us. cost. Share. Share with us. 2000 Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> not bad. No? If you're up in Boston, they, uh, it'd, it'd be $22,000. They were out here for the first time, a uh, full day, and they were snaking out the pipes and oh. uh, uh, doing a really good job. Oh, listen. Mm-hmm. I, the guy he sent over was a, a relative of one of the major Mothman witnesses. Wow, okay. Really? Uh, uh, Scarberry, Linda That's Scarberry. So one, one, uh, one of her, uh, I don't know if I have permission to mention his name or not, but he uh, talked world. about uh, you know, his grandmother and what she went through. And and listen, the next day, I'm, I'm, at, I'm working, I'm at the Mothman statue, yes. and a guy comes along with his two daughters, and he was the offspring 
of Faye DeWitt, another major Mothman witness, <laughs> two days in a row. Yes. And he, he told, I have to tell this, he had told a story about how he and his wife were out in the, the infamous TNT area one time. They saw, they're driving along, they see a piece of metal, uh, and they, they picked it up and took it into the car for a while. There's something uh, that they sensed wasn't right about it. Yes. She threw it out the window, and all of a sudden, they're not there anymore. They're in a parking lot. At a, at a store. Oh. And they, they figured out they've been there for two hours. The cop came up and said, what are you guys doing here? Make and he, he, was, he was dumbfounded. He said, well, just sitting here. Mm -hmm. And he just said, well, you, you should probably, uh, you know, go home. Hmm. And so he had, now I heard another story like that about a, a strange piece of metal that I didn't know if it was true or not. Uh -huh. And I thought it might be the same one, but it wasn't. Anyway, how, how bizarre is that? Meeting two Yes. Uh, two uh, relatives of two major Mothman witnesses one day apart. Is Mothman wow. calling right now? Well, well I, you I know. play the lottery. <laughs> you are in the Mothman Museum, but okay, that's cool. Listen, um, now we talked a little bit off here, Switchy, that there is someone out there besmirching your name, right? No other way to put it. Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, this guy has uh, attacked all kinds of people. He uh, strikes me, my opinion, as being very uh, paranoid. He told uh, a couple of friends of mine once, I, I started to, uh, on Facebook, I started to out what I, what I thought were some of his kind of shady publishing practices. And uh, he told a couple of my friends that he thought I was undercover CIA. And I thought, man, if I'm undercover CIA, I would be the Maxwell Smart of the CIA. Don't Getting my that. nose caught in doors and insisting the chief use no, the no, cone of silence for crying out loud. Uh, so uh, he uh, – I, I, this is a long story, but I, I saw him at the Mothman Festival. I tried to confront him, and he walked away. Go ahead. He's pretty – he attacks a – What's his name? Attack. What's his name? His name is Andy Colvin. Andy Colvin, and, okay. Uh, He's uh, he uh, he met John Keel, uh, uh, thinks highly of him, and he started to publish a lot of his articles and stuff. Now, I don't know if he has the rights to it. I'm not saying he doesn't. I do know a couple of things he did publish that he did not have the rights to. I'll talk about that in a moment. My my complaint is that it's great to have Keel stuff available. It'd be nice if it is legitimate. I don't know. But he has these horrible editorial comments spaced throughout it. Keel doesn't need annotation. He, uh, This guy, we, we've all talked about Indrid Cold. He told a friend of mine that Indrid Cold murdered his father once. That's what mm -hmm. my friend said. Mm -hmm. He Another time, he seems to think, it, he seems to claim Indrid Cold is a real person. And for a while, he seemed to suggest he was a mobster, if I have that right. And now he's a companion of Valiant Thor. Valiant Thor is supposed to be a Venusian. It was a hoax created by Dr. Frank Strange's. Andy Colvin will open up these many books he's republished mm -hmm. uh, with these, these flowery introductions written by Valiant Thor, who does not exist. That's yes. a whole other story we can get into. Uh -huh. But uh, recently, he was bad-mouthing me and some other people, uh, like a great lady named Barbara Fisher. She has a uh, a podcast called The Six Degrees of John Keel. She and her daughter, Morgana. And uh, uh, he has, uh, over the years, he has pretty viciously attacked uh, uh, people. See, he, he did a, a, a series called The Mothman's Photographer. It goes on for hours and hours. And he's been very, he, he's, he has attacked people that have, I have made documentaries on The Mothman. And I don't know why. I don't know if he thinks it's his his uh, turf uh, or, you know, only he should be doing it. I just don't know. I cannot tell. I've, I've talked to uh, uh, one of these uh, producers and I can't 
that I don't I don't have permission to talk about what happened. But uh, anything anything that uh, somebody does that deals with John Keel or the Mothman, it, it seems like he thinks it's his territory. I, I I don't know what to think about that. But he was on a, a show called The Church of Mabus uh, recently, and he was bad mouthing me and, and Barbara and several other people. He's taken a couple shots at at Lyle Blackburn, who uh, narrated one of these documentaries. And uh, he's called me a liar, <laughs> which uh, cracked me up because Lying here he's spinning these tales on, on on Valiant Thor and so forth. But what is he? But also, what, what is he accusing you of lying about? What are you lying about? He's well, I, don't, he did, I, I, I don't know. I think anything I, I've said about him when I I, I outed him on a. Uh, he he published this. Uh, uh, he republished the Mothman prophecies. Uh, he took the 1991 edition. He got rid of Frank Frazetta's cover painting. He put on the image from the British edition called Visitors from Space. He changed the face of the creature a little bit. Uh, so it was kind of a hybrid. And for a long time, he didn't take uh, off Frank Frazetta's name as credited on this this painting on the cover. Frank Frazetta must have been rolling in his grave to see that. Um, so uh, I think that's, uh, I, I think maybe that's it. But uh, he uh, uh, he also, I, I was on a show recently, but there's so much to this, so much history. Mm -hmm. But I was on a show recently, uh, I can't name, but the, the, the gentleman is a, a, a very, uh, very well informed, very smart. He's very aware of some of the crap going on here. Uh, why can't so you remember? Why can't you mention his name? Uh, he he would ask. He doesn't want me to. Okay, go ahead, please. Okay, uh, but it's this. Uh, he uh, he got a, uh, um, I think it was a Facebook message from Andy Colvin yes. saying, "How could you dare have Steve Ward on your show?" And he went on this long rant. Now, Andy yes. has done. This is my opinion again. Go ahead. He gets into this conspiracy stuff. He does this kind of a, I I call it a stream of consciousness. Sure. Yes. Conspiracy theory. Now, I'm not opposed to conspiracies. I just think. Some of his stuff is a little loopy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he kind of did this on me. First, he attacked me politically, which is fine. But then he said things like, uh, Steve Ward hits on women that are 50 years younger than he is. <laughs> now, I was really disappointed that he didn't it if I had been <laughs> successful at all. I, I wish he would have, even if he lied, it would have been great to think that, you know, I, I've been successful. Uh, now, can someone do the math, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, wow. Okay. I'm 70. I admit it. Go ahead. Uh, he also said that, uh, now I've, you know, back, we, we used to be kind of friends, right? Yes. yes. And he knew I was into Kikil and all this stuff. I he, he would have his book set up at the Mothman Festival. Yes. And people would be there and I would be kind of guiding people. You know, what are you interested in? And I would, I would uh, promote it, the stuff he had there. And uh, um, maybe, maybe, maybe he's uh, jealous that you're hitting on young chicks. Well, well, he did say something to the fact that uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to take over the, his mantle as oh. the Keel and Gray Barker. Oh, guy. that's see, there it is, right okay. there. Yeah, yeah, you got that, it. It yeah. could be. Oh, and, so he uh, thinks he owns the rights to yeah, John. Yeah, Trill right, right. How dare you? As, I, I, as a whole well, ass human. I, I, I'm not going to speculate, but uh, uh, let, let me talk. I've got. I've got to remember to talk about a couple things here, real quick. Go ahead. Uh, so then he goes on and he says that uh, uh, Steve doesn't really believe any of this stuff, which mm. is crap. He knows, you know. Yeah. Then he says, if it wasn't for me making these books affordable, and another story, he has put the forty four ninety nine price tag on some of these books. He's really jacked up the price. Forty four ninety nine, forty four dollars. Yes, yes. <laughs> and luck. now, now the. Uh, 
the year of the Garuda, which is the one that he has uh, republished. That year of the Garuda was the original title Keel wanted. So he republished uh, Mothman Prophecies as the year of the Garuda. Kind of cool, but he changed the cover painting. And I, I don't know if he has the rights to any of that or not. Wait a minute. Time out, time out, Switchy. He, you're what? saying this guy took the Mothman Prophecies. Yeah, the 1991 edition specifically. And he, and, he, and he didn't change the words? He just put his own name and new title on it? Well, no, he's got Keel. He still has Keel on it, but he's okay. the editor. Oh, we, oh, we and, get it. Uh, okay. Yeah, know, yeah, it's still a right. low. Hey, listen, I, I got to tell you, so, so do you have a couple other things? Because uh, I have a little bit of advice here, but go ahead, please. Okay, yes, okay. So uh, he, he also he said that... Uh, uh, you know, that the only reason I know about Keel is because he made these books affordable. I've been reading Keel off the newsstands and his books 20 years before Colvin discovered the Mothman prophecy. Mm -hmm. It's just utter crap. Two other things. He told me one on one, face to face, uh -huh. years ago, he went and published uh, Hynek's book, The uh, uh, UFO Experience. Okay. This is before the, the TV show and all that stuff. Yep. He just went and published it. And he used a photograph that some of my, a couple of my friends took for the cover. And then he got his hand slapped because he didn't have the rights. Well, wait, now, well, I have I have a copy of that book. I can prove it. Okay. Yes, he, he also he, did. He republished it. He republished it. He just took yeah, a book yeah. that does, everyone knew I, and he republished I, it. I, I believe that many other things he's published, he does not. He have doesn't have the right. For. I can tell you right now. If I'm never, wrong, I'd be happy to say so. He doesn't have the rights to them. I can tell you that right and now. And because... Ingo Swan's book. Remember the one on remote viewing the far side of the moon? Mm -hmm. Ingo Swan dies. He republishes his book. He gets his hand slapped because somebody else had the rights. So I know two specific cases okay. where you got nailed on that. I just want to say two things, okay? Um, yes. You know, um, Jim Frankel, my friend, my agent, yes. you might want to have a conversation with him, you know, because this guy is, um, he doesn't have the rights. Getting the rights to someone else's book is a long, very involved process. That's know? what Rosemary Ellen Guiley told me. Right, and the second ago. thing, Switchy, I think you need is a, um, you might need an attorney. And as it turns out, we have one here for you. The the, the 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 show will pay his bill, okay? But okay. Yeah. All right. Let's see if he can. Let's see how fast on his feet he is. We're uh, wow. we're trying to get a hold of uh, the black eyed kid, attorney at law. <laughs> yes. Can I help you? <laughs> Thank God. Haven't you seen his ads on TV? So uh, well. <laughs> Black Eyed Kid has uh, joined us hot. Yeah, I won't ghost you. I, I don't ghost people when it comes to law. There you go. Okay, everything else he does. Uh, some guy on the internet is uh, uh, is ruining Switch's uh, reputation. Ooh. Well, actually, he's, he's helping my reputation. Well, that's true. Like, yeah, he's getting his uh, word around. Right. Women that are 50 years younger than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. And what's the problem, Liner? He's saying Switch is uh, hitting on young girls. Yes, that's what I meant. What's okay. the problem? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a training you want. Well, listen. I know it was I haven't hit pay dirt. That's that's. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> funny now. Testimony later. Remember that. So listen, it's funny. We have to uh, bring the train into the station now. Switchy, do you have the slide? Oh, okay, I, uh, my people are, are, are on it. Thinking, hopefully, uh, Switch, that your plumbing is all fixed up next time we talk to you. Okay. Oh, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, I understand. I don't. Uh, Dr. Bob, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, great to be here. Terrific yeah. show. Thank you. you know, I, I just thought, you know, uh, driving here, I thought, yeah, well, why aren't there any other um, 
Roswell crashes. It's that they went out and got these things, you know, and this one got out of hand. Oh, yeah, they, you know? uh, they had a crew that did that. Yeah, went out and just retrieved them. So these things, they didn't fly over Russia. I've been saying that for 15 freaking years. They just went high up and were able to uh, tap into this yes, uh, stratosphere that's, thing. That's why they needed the uh, metallic coating on the <coughs> balloons because yeah. the heat would destroy the fabric. Oh, I get it. Okay, how far would they go up? How many miles? Oh, I don't know. It was, I mean, they were far. It was like over 30,000, 40,000 feet. Yeah. You know, I don't know. They were, wherever they, they felt the channel was. Yeah, that's interesting. That they found the channel. I think that's cool. Dr. Bob, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yes. Thank yes, you for sir. having me. Okay. Great show. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Clubby, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Well, there's someone's lawyer is calling. Hey, Club. Why don't yes. we Why don't we get the coils and we'll go down to the um, casino some night? I'm waiting to hear from you. Okay, let's do that. I will right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. Switchy, thank you, Switchy. Hey, may I say something very quickly? Yes. There's a couple other things that Mr. Colvin claims. <laughs> go ahead. On his Amazon we... page, he claims that the X-Files was based on his life. <laughs> when he was on the Church of Mavis, he claimed that Close Encounters of the Third Kind was based on his life. Really? Yeah. And there's a chapter in Gray Barker's book, The Silver Bridge, about the Mothman. A silly little chapter about this little boy that loves the Mothman. He claims that he was that little boy. Mm, he's been around. I report. Huh? You decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, uh, if he wants to take his uh, the blame for Close Encounters, that's fine, because that's a shitty movie, man. You take, you, 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 if you're gonna, no, if you're going to reboot a movie, reboot that movie. There's a great story in there, but you know, not Spielberg himself, but his producer, they did so much coke on that movie, she wrote a best-selling book about it, okay? And, and if you watch it, everyone is coked up, including Richard Dreyfuss. Who admitted to it, and his eyes are just uh, permanently does down. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Have I thanked everybody? Raven, thank you for brightening up our evening. We really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Dr. Bob, thank you. Switchy, thank thank you. you. Club, thank you. And uh, that voice you heard in the background, Black Eyed Kid, thank you for dropping in on us. Anytime you need representation. Okay, whatever you say. And, and uh, stay tuned for uh, extra added edition of uh, Mac After Dark and until you hear us again. Uh, this is Mac Morning for the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. Okay. 149.40. Hang on, everyone, please. And now, please stay tuned for a bonus segment of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show. Since we're on Mac After Dark right now, yes. the guy with the teddy bears, yes. Prince Andrew, yes. like plug your ears if you don't want to hear this, but oh, I feel like everyone everyone knows that like he's, he, he's f***ing those bears, right? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, really? It's gotta be. Why would you have that many yeah, bears? He, I couldn't say that up on the show, I don't know. I mean, he's rubbing up dogs. That's friggin' He's at least rubbing up again. Yes. Sicko. I'd be more inclined to think about Delicate. that. Four, at four, least you could have had Barbies. the outside door. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. He came right out and told us what it is, baby. I like that. He's rubbing up on him at the very least. That's immediately what I thought, because who has that many bears? It's so weird. Well, I don't think about the little ones, but you said there's a, someone said yeah. there's like a, oh, yeah, a five-footer. 
by the front door in his room. I'm sorry, if you're going to go for it, you're going to at least get the one. People wait to come see him. Yeah. Jocko just is repuddling. At the very least. So this is a guy that's running around with Epstein. I'm so sorry, but that's This is a guy that's running around with Epstein. Exactly. Yeah. And and this is like a revelation that we all think that maybe he is having sexual congress with stuffed animals that are dressed in sailor suits. Yeah. I'm not thinking about it. I know. I say it that way. It's so dirty. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not thinking about it. And my police mind is no doubt about it. Jocko says at least he probably opens up on them. Think about that for a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I couldn't. Wow. Oh, what a nut. What a nut. I'm going to go off that topic just a touch. Okay. Now, there has been for many years the biggest uh, Porsche swap meet in the world happens in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Go ahead. And it happens in the parking lot of Hershey Park. Yes. And it's early. It's like in April. Yes. So it, it happens way before the park is really open and crazy. Uh, so for years... They've scheduled a certain week every year, and then um, it, it turned that it, it ended up being on a like a holiday, okay, like Easter. Yes. Or, you know, so a lot of the people were complaining they couldn't go to Hershey to do the swap meet okay. because it was falling on a holiday. They had to be home for, with their family. Yes. So they tried getting Hershey Park to give them the week before. Okay, yes. And what they found out was that there is a group of people that rent that area, that parking, those parking lots. Okay. And this is big. We're talking thousands ahead. of people. I know where this is going. Go ahead. These the people that rent it the week before yep. at Hershey are a group of people who buy those life size yes. latex dolls. Oh yeah. Oh. And wow. they bring them on oh. vacation with them. Now we're hanging on. Okay. It's a cheap date. They, oh. they, no, these things are four grand. Oh, I see. Or okay. better. Yes. These right. are thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, these are expensive. I know exactly. They're very lifelike. How would you know? No, no. <laughs> of all of us, why would you know? <laughs> right. So, anyway, they uh, these guys bring them to the hotels around the area and they put them in bikinis and bring them out to the bath- uh, to the uh, swimming pools <laughs> and they dress them to take them to dinner. No, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that they go yeah, out there with the, with, yeah, the, with, the, with, yeah, the, with the dolls. Crazy, crazy. They take them to the pool and hang out with them, and they and they sit them together. You know, the women dolls at a pool <laughs> in bikinis and stuff. Stop, stop, stop. No, I'm serious. But how could how Mac? Could... You you're kidding. You've never heard of this. They have guys bringing rubber dolls to pools at to dinner. You know, I had no idea this even was a thing. But apparently, there's thousands of them. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a big deal. you know. And they show them off and they buy But the, don't you think it's a little odd to walk into a restaurant with, oh, a, with an inanimate object? With I big... think it's insanity, but... Yeah, okay. All right. Two but weeks is home. Okay. All, now, um, they're also... Do they talk? I don't think they talk, but they do a lot of other things. They do they really? Uh, okay. Yeah, wow. They don't have to. I heard a really gross joke the other day. What is it? Can't tell it on the air. <laughs> Remember Norm McDonald? He yes, just died. I love Norm McDonald. Yeah, he was funny. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah. What you ready? I'm sorry. This is adult. What's What's the last thing you want to hear after you <laughs> Willie Nelson? What? <laughs> I'm not Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of falling out of the sky, Raven is with us. What's that line? Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Oh, yeah, like a pickup line. I mean, did it? Yes. Well, not a pickup line, but just a nice thing to say. 
I like the mirror in the pocket one better. That's my favorite. What is it? What is? <laughs> tell us that one, please. Never heard. Can make me say it. Yes, please. Yes. Go ahead. Never heard that one. No. Is that a mirror in your pocket? Oh, are you just glad I'm to good. see me? Because I can see myself in your pants. Oh. oh. <laughs> what happened tonight? Eight weeks later, he's ready to absolutely kill this guy because he's got these little hickeys all over his body from the wiffle ball. That's what he said. Okay, wow. Wow. So another story in the annals of the Coast Guard history. He's running around a wiffle ball bat, right? Crack, cracking wow. the troops. All right, let me ask Let me ask Dr. Bob something uh, real Uh-oh. quick before serious, we get something into Something serious, Dr. Right. Bob. Dr. Bob, you're, you're familiar with the character Popeye, right? Yes, sir. Uh, what military branch was he in? Was in the Navy. Sorry, Doc. You need to go look that up on the internet. I'm going to give you one opportunity to do some research because you're a sharp guy. It it doesn't involve a a phone. Take a look. 1927, (laughs) United States Coast Guard. Stop in the name. Coast Guard. No, no, no. This is not right. This is disinformation. Doc, you are the impartial source. You look on the internet and you tell me if if my claim is correct. Off air. Now, listen, it's getting a little sad now, as it turns out. Look, everyone knows he's popped by the sailor man. And what are Coast Guardsmen? They're not sailors. Uh, no, they're the Coast Guard guys. I mean, when you say sailor, you say so, U.S. Navy. So a soldier is not a soldier. Let me ask a you A Marine this. is not a Marine. No, let me ask you this. Anytime in the cartoons, what kind of uniform is he wearing? He's wearing the same uniform that he's the wearing, Coast Guard wore. No, he's wearing white. He's always in the white and sailor's the Coast, uniform. And the Coast Guard had that. Oh, just a coincidence. Okay, this just rages and on. If you, and if you look on the earlier, the first cartoons that featured Popeye, okay. he wore the blue, the dark blue top. I'm not. Yeah. I, oh, um, yeah, I thought it was more of an olive color. See? See? Oh, he's in the eye. <laughs> Anyway. Well, Doc, I don't know any. I don't know any sailor that ever wore we an olive color. Did we start the segment? No, we didn't. We no, we didn't. Okay. All right. Too bad. That was good stuff. Right? This is an ongoing debate. Why haven't hasn't this debate been solved? It's. I presented all the co- information He's in the Navy. That's I presented why. all the information, and then Matt goes, "It's not true." Except when Matt goes online and shows something, like when he assigns one of you know one of his assignments, and then it's burning bush. Anything, I get it. I, I, I completely understand. Anything this. I've seen on the internet indicates Popeye was. In the I, Navy. I even sent you the video clip from YouTube where he says, "Stop!" In the name of the United States Coast Guard, That's, the, the, well, the that could have been fate. It could have been fate very easily. R- well, right after, right song? after the gra- Popeye right the Sailor Man. See, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Come right? On. Does he say Popeye the Sailor Man? I'm in the U.S. Uh, Navy. No, he no, doesn't he have said, to. No, but he's a Sailor Man. He's a Sailor Man. And and does he say I'm Popeye the Coast Guard Man? And you're telling me that the Coast Guard? I live in a garbage are, can. See, Coast Guard men right? are not sailors. Is what you're saying now? Is that not the word? No. I love this because this is the same shit. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. hang on. Time the frig out. This is the part I really love. I used to hear this from the Navy. Oh, uh, puddle pirates. You need to be six feet tall to be I'm in the not Coast Guard. Why, why do you assume and here that I am, Here I am, the single ship off the coast of no, Antarctica. No, no. There isn't another ship in sight. No yes. Navy ship showing up. Navy airplanes showing up. <laughs> but now not, we're not sailors. No, no. I'm not disparaging the Coast Guard. I love the Coast Guard. But we're not sailors. Got it. Uh, no, absolutely great. No, no but I'm, I'm saying like, the, the, you know, if you ask, 99% of the people you ask are going to say, what does sailor mean? It means he's in the Navy. I don't know what they call Coast Guardsmen. Coast Guardsmen. So if you're a merchant seaman, you're not a sailor. If you're, you're a, a soldier, seaman. you're in the Army, correct? Right. Okay. All right. Well, when you say to people, he's a soldier, where do they assume he is? Right. So what do you say for someone who goes to sea in a military vessel? He's a sailor. He's in the- if he's in a merchant nope, fleet, he's a sailor. Coast Guardsman. Yes. 
Well, uh, it, it, another county heard from. Uh, someone who well, didn't I, serve I, in the Coast I'm, Guard. I'm, now I you're telling me what it is. I, see. It says here, Navy personnel are called sailors. Yes. Those in the Marines are called Marines. The Coast Guard calls its people Coast Guardsmen. Thank you for the, the clarification. The Guard uses whatever branch. Of the there you go. What more do you need to know? I think that solves it. <laughs> this is, I, I am so proud. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 obviously, you got the true internet, yeah, and the listen. internet that I showed was the lie. Well, internet. you're in like the dark net. Yeah, or but something. I got the. I got the. You're in the dark network. Right. I'm in the regular network. Listen, let's do this. Let's do this. If if if. Just, Mac, just, I, just have, I have absolutely had it with this whole discussion <laughs> no, because no. I took the time to lay it all out. I went and showed you Task and Purpose, which is one of the best military sites, and they came oh. out and they gave the complete clarification. Not good enough. No, no, I no, went no, 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 any of that could be completely what? fake. Let me then just why is it mm-hmm. not? <laughs> Listen, let me just ask you one thing. Let me, if we prove to you that we're right, let's just, okay? How are you going to prove to me? No, let, let's just, that is to be announced, okay? Will you go to the... Um, to that to the casino, the Boston Casino, right in Everett, because you know they have a statue of Popeye in the front door. If you can believe this, Doctor Bob, they do. Forty-eight million dollars. This thing is worth forty-eight eight million dollars. It's made of jewels. This freaking guy made a statue of Popeye for forty-eight million dollars. How insane! Wow. Is that? It's a lot of spinach. And, and giving it, 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 could have given it to uh, the, the, Dr. The, Bob doing the material. It's excellent. So, anyways, I think the issue I'm is sorry. resolved. Yeah, I do too. I consider it's oh. okay. Uh, Coco, you can't win every battle. I, I'm glad you guys think you're right. Okay. God bless you all. You're wrong. You ready? I. Okay. I. <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that as a Coast Guardsman, check with Club. Club, look that up on your. Light web, oh. if I'm allowed to say that. Aye, aye. Get nasty now. No, I got to cut that Oh, out. you want to talk sailor? Let's talk like a <laughs> sailor there, big guy. Poor loser. Wow. Ooh. Oh, loser. Oh. oh, loser. You want to bring that game? Can I stop the segment, please? All right. Time, please. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Can I tell my probe, st- my probe joke anyway? Please. Okay. You, it's your show. Why are you asking? Everyone is well you because it might be offensive. Offensive. So do it. Do it. Do it. So a guy goes into it for, for his annual physical. You know this one? No. Go ahead. I'm and and you know the, and then he's having his physical, and the doctor says, "Okay, it's time for the you know for the process for the procedure with the finger and the prostate chip. The, right? And he he puts on the glove and stuff, and tells the guy to take his position. And then he begins the exam, and the and the, and the doctor says to the guy, says, you know, don't don't worry, don't be embarrassed. It's it's very natural for somebody to get an erection during one of these exams. Now the patient says, I don't have an erection, and the doctor says, yeah, but I do. Oh, black eyed kid is waving to me frantically. Okay, it turns out he wrote to me. He's got a little bit of a. He's shy. He's a shy kid, Mike. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. In my observations, yeah. A little bit of a crush on Raven. So, um, yeah, he just asked if he could just have the mic, eh, just for thirty seconds or so, just to uh, deliver some pickup lines. To her. Raven, you ready? You better drink about two or three more of those. Okay, go ahead. I'm ready. All right, hey, kids, ready? Here we go. Hey, Raven, are you a magician? Because when I look at you. Everyone else disappears. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've never heard that it's one. Good. 
Come on, Wawa. Where are you? I thought you'd say, ah, at least that. Okay, all right. That's, that, good. That's a good one. Want to give it a, a on a scale of one to ten? Give it a... I'm jealous. I didn't think of that one. Eight? Uh, that's that's easily like a 200. Wow. Okay. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Why don't we just go on and let's see how far this goes. Do you have more? Okay, okay good. Uh, hey, Raven, did you just come out of the, the oven? Because you're hot. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Why don't we just move on? Let's see how quick this goes. Put a fork in me. I'm done. There you go. Okay. Juicing it up. I give it a four. A four? Okay. Oh, thanks. Out of ten? <laughs> four out of ten. Okay, good. Four out of four? Okay. Hey, Raven, do you like raisins? Yeah. Then how about a date? <laughs> Boy, are these the old Bob pickup lines or what? <laughs> Oh yeah, these are clever. Oh, yeah, that's the creativity that is a ten. They always crack me up. I made these up. Go ahead. Uh, let's just go with it. Oh. Kit, go. Okay. <laughs> Do you know CPR? Because you take my breath away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's vomiting. Mm. Okay. Isn't that a song from Top Gun? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Top Gun Two sure coming is. out in theaters. Middle Tooth uh, Tom Cruise there this week. Uh, please, kid, let's get us out of this. Go. Okay. Hey, Raven, do you have an extra heart? Because mine has just been stolen. <laughs> I, would, I see. You're wearing her down there, kid. That's good, too. Yeah, okay. Like Go ahead, please, kid. I can do it again. Okay. Hey, Raven, did you just come out of the oven? Because you look yummy. Oh, oh <laughs> take it a turn. Okay, let's go. Move. Go ahead. Next one, please, kid. Kids. Hey, Raven, you remind me of my sister, but in a romantic way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. Oh, my God. It's oh, so, wow. um, it's so flattering <laughs> because I know you love your sister. So much. No, so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, please. Nice kid. Hey, Raven, <laughs> I bought the most expensive binoculars in the world. That's how much I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Finishing strong. Wow. Oh, Go yep. Go, please. Okay, ready? Yep. Hey, Raven. I secretly changed my name to your name. <laughs> so when I tongue kiss the mirror, I'll feel like we're finally doing it. Oh, <laughs> oh she left the bar on that one. Uh, Hello, are you still mm-hmm. there? You broke her. I'm screaming. She's yet. That might be She's it. calling 911, I think. Yeah. All right, let's go one more. Let's see what happens. Can I do one more? Okay. Yep. Hey, Raven, does this rag smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> 10 point. Wow. If you don't answer, I know it's true. Mm. <laughs> next, next, please. Let's see what happens, please. Um, can I read your t-shirt, Raven, in Braille? <laughs> Fantastic. I'm very thorough. She's I almost spit my beer out. She left. <sighs> Blind people matter. Wow. I gotta clear the fog right. for my uh, I shades. see, I see. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> hey, Raven, will you help me find my lost puppy? I think he went to that cheap motel room across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I said she'd love it. Let's see what happens. Okay, go on, kid. Let's go. Okay. Hey, Raven. 
Just say yes now, and I won't have to spike your drink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Pick up lines from the kid. I love you more than my jar of fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't point fingers at me. Okay. Are we at the end? Yeah, you point your finger, you lose it. I got one more. Okay, one, one more, gang. Hey, Raven. The last time I saw a body like yours, I was burying it in my basement. (laughs) (laughs) I said the Navy, not the Coast Guard. The Navy. (laughs) Now Popeye was in. Oh, he'd be happy to hear that. Maybe he's the alien. Popeye as an alien. Wow. Popeye the sailor man. Remember that. Right. Olive oil, also an alien. <laughs> yeah. Bluto. He's definitely an alien. From another planet. Yeah. Bluto, the burger guy? Wimpy. We should do Wimpy. He's from Venus. Wimpy. Wimpy. Yeah, huh? <laughs> oh, almost writes itself. That was my nickname as a kid. Wimpy? Oh, yeah, because I ate so many burgers. Really? <laughs> That's his story? Stick to it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Wimpy. What would they call you if it was hot dogs? <laughs> wow. Where would that voice come from? I don't know. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Shot. Wow. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Shot. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Shot. Welcome back, everyone, to Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Shot. Welcome back. Hang on. You need to change your name. Yes, I do. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Shot Show. Is that going to do it? No, probably not. Close. Okay, close. Welcome back. We'll probably put all these on the front. You'll see. Watch the blooper reel. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Money's North Track Show. I'll show you here in the Distant Thunder Radio Network. That's going to have to do. This is Mac Money. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. This is our special. Okay, top 10 jokes about musicians, winter 2023 edition. Okay. Here we go. Start the music. Number 10. Why should all rock musicians be arrested as perverts? I don't know. <laughs> well, the drummer sits in the back beating it. The guitarist is always fingering minors. The bass player can't stop slapping it. And they all like the pianist. Oh, Almost. Okay. All right. Please, Raven, number nine, please. Top 10 musician jokes, winter 2023 edition. Number nine, what did the rock star say to the jazz musician? What did the rock star say to the jazz musician? Go ahead. To the airport, please. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's so smart. Wow. That was low. A little cruel. Get a little cruel there. Okay, number eight, please. Right. Uh, number eight. Why don't bass players tell blonde jokes? Why don't bass players tell blonde jokes? <laughs> so, because please. they don't understand them. They don't understand them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did not write these. Wow. <laughs> Please, next one, uh, please. Number seven? Yeah. Uh, how do you make a million dollars playing jazz? How do you make a million dollars playing jazz? Robert? No clue. Go, Raven. I, oh, go ahead, Tom, go ahead. Start. I got okay. it. Go ahead. You start with three million. <laughs> That's right, you start with three million. <laughs> Correct. Actually, yeah, sorry. Uh, 
Okay, good. Um, trying to get a prize for that. Kind of delayed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing it, believe, believe it or not. Okay. He's asleep on Billy. Right, please go ahead, Raven. Nice. Yeah. This is Top 10 Musician Jokes 2023 Winter Edition. Oh, my God. They just went away. <laughs> oh, Never mind. I have them. Okay, good. False alarm. Go. Number six. The world's greatest blues musician and the world's greatest jazz musician have dinner together. Who pays for the meal? The world's greatest blues musician and the world's greatest jazz musician have dinner. Who pays the bill? Neither. I don't know who does, though. Go ahead, Raven. You're on to it. No one. They don't charge at the soup kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cruel. But also says the state of music. Please, next. They're turning on us. All right, number five. Why did the guitarist leave drumsticks on his dashboard? <laughs> wow, I know this one. <laughs> Why did the guitarist leave drumsticks on his dashboard? Please, Raven. So he could park in the handicap zone. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh, man. We, we better move on. Please, Raven. Number four. What happens when you play the blues backwards? What happens when you play the blues backwards? Beats me. Your wife comes back, your dog returns, and you get out of prison. Wow. Okay. Is this on? Okay. Next, please. Let's uh, wrap this up. Raven, quick. Number three. uh, Okay. What's the difference between a clarinetist soloing and a cat in heat? Okay, now we have a note on this one. We have no idea what this means. We're hoping the musicians might know. What's the difference between a clarinist soloing and a cat in heat? Please, Raven. Nothing if the cat is healthy. <laughs> Even the drummer doesn't want to hit that one. Okay. Does anyone know what that means? No, no one. Okay, we'll move on then. Nobody does. No one does. Okay. Not even the joke teller? Go ahead. Number two. No, I don't have no Number two. Uh, what's the definition of an optimist? What's the definition? <laughs> I know this one too. What's the definition of an optimist? Mm. Go, please. A folk singer with a mortgage. <laughs> I know some really good folk singers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and. And the number one musician joke of winter 2023. How can you make a banjo player's car go faster? How can you make a banjo <laughs> player's car go faster? The question's funny. <laughs> the question makes me laugh. Go ahead. <clears throat> Please. Take the domino sign off the roof. Oh, <laughs> Cruel. All right. Well, that was so good. That was cruel. Brutal. I can tell you some scary movies that aren't really scary movies, but are very scary. Ever hear of a movie called The Manchurian Candidate? Oh, I heard of it. Okay. All right, I'll, I can talk about Listen. that. It's a scary movie. Oh no, I can't. I can't talk about this on air. Um, what? Tell me, say it. Oh no, we're uh, off so now. We're how off. How do I say this delicately? Well, okay, we'll just be real. Okay. Back when I. Mm. Um, and I had, I would just kind of watch, you know, whatever. And that was one of the movies that like my, my put on and I was like, oh yeah, I'm really into this. And needless to say, we didn't watch the movie. It was just. (laughs) Will you say that again, please? Slowly. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, if so that if, was a movie that was kind of just, uh, yeah, it was just. No, what, what, what movie was that again? Ontarian Canada. Okay, okay, well, I completely forgot the name of the movie. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, huh. Well, I can understand that. I, I, I can pretend to understand it, I guess. So, uh, so we got to wait like about three or four more minutes.
Oh.